Life for Leo really began not on the mean streets of Los Angeles, where famously he was raised, but back in semi-rural Germany during the Second World War. For an episode then was to have a massive bearing on whether the world would ever be blessed with his talents at all. Helene Indenbergen was a young mother whose daughter, Ermelin, was just two when she suffered a broken leg and had to be admitted to hospital. The local infirmary near their home in Ur-Erkenschwick, in North Rhine-Westphalia, Germany, was understaffed and overstretched. As little Ermelin lay in bed, supposedly recuperating, as the nurses believed, no one took the time to notice that she was actually, silently, wasting away. As the wards became flooded with more refugees and war-wounded, the nurses on duty had less time to deal with the apparently non-life-threatening cases. Only Helene, who'd arrived in Germany as a Russian immigrant called Yelena Smirnova, recognised something was gravely wrong with her infant child. Seeing that resources were stretched to breaking point, and realising if something wasn't done quickly, then her daughter could die, Helene took it upon herself to diagnose and administer the care Ermelin so desperately needed. What should have been a routine recuperation turned into an agonising ordeal for Helene, as Ermelin developed infection after infection and spent a staggering two and a half years in hospital fighting for her life. Emaciated and malnourished, her stomach became distended, and at times Helene feared that she wouldn't make it. But, thanks to her dedication and determination, the youngster gradually recovered, and eventually was strong enough to leave hospital while the war raged on. When Helene's sole concern was her daughter's life, she could never have believed that the outcome of those crucial first few months in hospital would have had such a bearing on the family's fortunes. But it's something Leonardo has never failed to appreciate. Speaking of his mother's battle for life, he said, she ended up contracting five or six major illnesses and stayed for two and a half, three years in hospital. My grandmother basically came every day and nursed her back to health because the nurses didn't have time. They basically left her for dead. When you see a picture of my mother, it's heartbreaking. It brings tears to my eyes knowing what she's been through in her life. I have a picture of her, her first photograph, with this tiny little skirt, and she's emaciated. The belly like this, he adds, gesturing to indicate the size of a beach ball. She had a belly full of worms. Incredibly, given her tender years, that episode wasn't the first brush with death Ermeline had experienced. Born in an air raid shelter, she might not have survived beyond her first few breaths had the aim of Allied fighter pilots been off. That innate sense of survival may have fostered in Ermeline a desire to make the most of the chance her mother had given her. When she was eleven, her family left Erkenschwick and moved to the United States to start a new life in New York. She enrolled at City College, and in 1963 it was there that she met and fell in love with an enigmatic young beatnik called George DiCaprio. Born in 1943, George was an American hippie whose ancestors hailed from Naples in Italy and Bavaria in southern Germany. He had long, straggly hair and a bohemian air about him. George's grandfather had made the perilous journey from Italy to America in a wooden boat, 
and the young DiCaprio was to inherit much of that pioneering free spirit. George was emerging as a leading light in the alternative literature scene, and would go on to count beat poet Allen Ginsberg and novelist William S. Burroughs as friends, as well as fellow cartoonist Robert Crumb and the writer Hubert Selby Jr. He was rooming with Sterling Morrison, the guitarist from the Velvet Underground, and had already published a comic of his own, Baloney Moccasins, with Laurie Anderson, a former girlfriend of his who was also a performance artist. Despite their initial differences in personality, George was gregarious and outgoing, while Ermeline was more reserved, yet strong-willed, the pair hit it off immediately and discovered a shared sense of adventure, along with a desire to see the world. Two years later, they were married and spent the remainder of the 60s immersing themselves in the underground counterculture. It appeared to be the natural...